This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC Fight Night, Strickland vs. Mega Madoff, hit you with our segments as the awesome and real-world call-outs, and last but not least, we will preview UFC 290, Volkanovski vs. Rodriguez. Here we go. Here we go. We're back. We uh, didn't make it through the 15 consecutive weeks. Um, yeah, very rare. Very rare missed week for us. But I do have some excuses in the chamber. None None that are, we are in between at UFC seasons right now. Yeah, it's, it's, that's definitely a, a downer on the It was UFC. Fourth of July weekend. Things happen. And probably our first, like, decision to skip a week in, like, the three years we've been doing this, I think. I think so, yeah. So we could have scheduled better. That there's no question about that. We both had it. We both could have scheduled <laughs> better, but um, I don't know how we would have done on picks. Anyways, there was a lot of underdogs that won. It actually turned out to be a decent card. Um, not like a, a super power card, but some big underdogs won. So it was entertaining to watch. So yeah, if you were going to take our picks, then we probably saved you money this week. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably every week if we stopped, but we're not going to. So um, you're stuck. If you take our advice or just bet against us, whatever, whatever you feel like doing. Um, and we also were coming up on a huge pay-per-view card. So uh, it was nice to have a little break before that. So we'll still recap that card a little bit. Um, obviously, we're not going to be able to brag about our picks, whether we were right or wrong, because we didn't put them out there. So do that real quick. And then we'll get into our preview for UFC 290, is it? 290, yep. Coming right. up on 300, dude. Yep. It's Inter- the uh, International Fight Week. Yeah, and they always have 300 on International Fight Week, but I don't think it's going to line up. No, it can't, right? Unless, unless they stretch it out. Unless, unless we they do some weird shit. But then they're going to have to put some a lot of fights close to each other at the end of next year. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what they got planned out. Obviously, we never know the schedule too much in advance. So, um, But anyways, before we get to any of that, we'll start things off as we always do. So let's start with our take of the week. Ryan, as always, take us away. All right, I got UFC 290's best card from top to bottom of the year so far. I mean, this card's, this card's stacked. There's not much more you can ask for. I mean, you got a really good main event. I guess it would be a little bit better if it wasn't a, uh, you know, um, I guess, I don't know, the two-belt thing, whatever. It doesn't really matter, but, um, yeah, it's a pretty good solid fight. You got two title fights and just a bunch of sick fights from, from top to bottom pretty much, so... Yeah, and that's including a couple that fell off. So they obviously had to bring in a replacement for Bo, ne- uh, Bo Nichols' opponent, Treshawn Gore, it was supposed to be. They also had to bring in a replacement for Jack Della Maddalena's opponent, who they brought in. Um, two guys I've never heard of. Also, Robbie Lawler's retirement fight on here. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, have you noticed, too, like it seems like lately, or it might have been doing this for a little while now, but I know they haven't always done it. When, when somebody drops off the card within a week or two, they always replace them with an absolute bum when they used you, to like schedule like a decent fight. But still. I think, yeah, I think this, I think it's because they get guys that are training for a contender series fight and then they just say, just throw would you in. rather just skip the contender series and fight? Yeah. I think that's the formula they've been using. That makes sense. And I guess it's, it's fair to like a guy like Bo Nickel or, you know, Jack Della Maddalena who you got everything to lose and you got to go up against 
you know, both of them being fairly young or at least early in their careers too. It's like, don't, they're not really ready for you to replace them with somebody of equal or greater value than the previous opponent. Or yeah. Or they're training for a wrestler. You give them like a, a UFC vet striker, but might not be the best, but he's, I mean, that experience and whatnot definitely helps. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it also is like kind of not to screw over the the guys, you know, that are that are taking the fight still. Yeah, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a combination of a lot of things, like I said. Uh, so, yeah, we did lose two fights. Um, I think like a, a good sign of like this being a good card, like two guys that I don't necessarily care to watch fight Jimmy Crew and Alonzo Menafield, but them fighting each other is like a great matchup. Yeah, we already saw it once. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I looked at that. I'm like, wait, didn't I just see that? And then I thought for a second, like, I always get Jimmy Crute and Grant Dawson confused. I feel like <laughs> they, they, look exactly, look like. they look like fucking twins, dude. It, just one's Australian and one's American. Well, one's a lot bigger than the other. Yeah. But yeah, they do. They do look alike. That's crazy. I never thought of that. But yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, solid card. Um, like It's been what? So many cards in a row now. Like, I don't know how many, but. I think um, five, four or five, five. Yeah, but this, yeah, and I'd say this is one of the better ones they've, we put together. So um, it's going to be, should be a great card. Um, obviously, when they do the little guys or a girl title fight, they always have to do two of them. They can't just do like one heavyweight fight for the yeah, title. Yeah, they do do that, huh? And I think it's International Fight Week, too. So they usually try to stack this one. Yeah. And we've had three title fights on International Fight Week, I think, before. So. Yeah, was International Fight Week when they used to do like a three f- cards in a row type of thing? Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So they on like a Friday, and then they had yeah, s- they would do like um, they would do what's it called? Because they used to have the UFC Fight Pass exclusive cards. They would do one of those on like Thursday, and then they would do like a fight night on like Friday, and then they'd do a pay per view on on Saturday. It was pretty sick, actually. That was when Michael Johnson and Gaethje, yeah, yeah, Gaethje's debut. That was a wild fight. Probably one of, I might have got might have been like fight of the year. I don't know. I don't remember, but it was insane. It had to be for like a what was it one or two rounds? It was like insane. Yeah, I think it went. It might have gone to the third round. I don't remember. It was yeah, it was a wild fight though, and obviously those guys have had wildly different results since then. But um, just another crazy fight on Michael Johnson's resume. So that he lost too. <laughs> he always loses them. Lost half of them except for Tony Ferguson. Yeah, and Dustin Poirier. Yeah, right. What a that, wild what a wild chain of events. Yeah, he's pretty had a pretty crazy career. <laughs> yeah. And then he's been cut a few times and I don't even know where he's at now. I think he's still in the UFC, so comeback kid. Working his way to that 500 record that uh working his way to that BJ Penn looking record. So anyhow, um move on to my take of the week from something everybody's watching to something nobody's watching. Um getting hearing a lot about the Ultimate Fighter, haven't watched a single episode. Um Chandler is six and zero against Connor, uh, and everyone's obviously everyone's like I don't think Connor's actually in the practices and stuff, and everyone's blaming him. But I just want to point out another thing: not that I'm sticking up for Connor because I'm sure he's a terrible coach. I said that since day one. But what a terrible concept! Vets versus like rookies. Of course, the vets are going to always beat the like. Yeah. Unless a guy is like a legitimate like phenom, what chance does he have against a guy with like eight UFC fights? Yeah, exactly. And some guys that were like decent. Well, like like we were talking about Danny or was it Danny Roberts or yeah. uh, Roosevelt Roberts? Roosevelt Roberts. Yeah, I get those guys confused too. But um, yeah, Roosevelt Roberts. He's pretty good. He just I, I think he was just a little too young. What he only had like four fights before fighting on the Contender Series or whatever. So um, yeah, I think there's some some guys not just eat bum vets either on the on the roster. 
Yeah, there's like yeah, like Jason Knight is a perfect example. Like that guy's been around forever. Like he's gonna have some tricks up his sleeve. He was like a longtime UFC fighter. Yeah, exactly. And wouldn't you think? Like I get it. Like all the prospects want to go to uh, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series now, but wouldn't you just like be like, this is a Connor Chandler? Like it's going on ESPN. Like let's pay some of these guys a little more or something and get some actual top prospects for the rookies instead of just like the usual bums they've been trotting out for these seasons that nobody watches for the last five, ten years. And you need it. If you want this show to survive, you need it. They needed that. Yeah, exactly. And now it's just like, or wouldn't you set it up so Connor gets the vets? (laughs) So he (laughs) gets wins? Yeah. Just rig it. Yeah, they could have done anything, though. Like, they could have done international versus USA. Like, Chandler would have been fine to be, like, a USA coach because he's, like, kind of like that anyways. Agreed. And Connor's obviously – I don't think he's there during the week. I think he just shows up for the fights. I don't even think he goes in the back with them. You don't think he does any of the training or anything? Uh, based on what I've heard, like, I don't think he's really, like, there. Like, that's – and that's, like, what Chandler's, like, criticized him for. He's like, if, maybe if he showed up for your guys, like, they'd fight harder or something. But um, – Damn, he's too big time, huh? I mean, he's got a lot of things going, I guess. You know, the uh, – Yeah. The he's incident. got a lot of court cases going. <laughs> he's got a lot of court cases going on. Yeah, it might not be physically possible for him to be by law. His lawyer advised him to have as little little camera time as possible. But in the end, though, I just think I don't think it really matters if you flip the vets and the rookies. Like, I think Chandler would be 0-6. Like, it's just a terrible idea who came up with that. Yeah. And who uh, wants to – I think the worst part is who wants to see the vets win. Like, we already saw these guys in the UFC. Yeah, right. We want to see some, like, actual talent. That was the fun thing about – you know, ultimate fighters, seeing the new guys in the house and stuff like that. And now you got uh, a lot of them are ultimate fighter, like rejects too. Yeah. Like yeah, they've exactly. already been on the Brad show. Brad Katona's on there winning fights. Yeah. Oh God. Brad Katona. <laughs> Jeez. What if he wins again? Like the show is ruined. He was probably just begging like John Cavanaugh to <laughs> let Connor get him on the season or something. In this fake Irish accent. Oh, <laughs> that's so embarrassing, dude. What, like, how can you, how like, uh, not self-aware are or you know that you're just gonna like change uh, an accent it's just one of those things how bad do you want to be conor mcgregor like he captivated several people who was that guy uh gallagher in bellator that just totally robbed every like he got right. the same tattoos he fought out of sgb ireland he was irish um got the same tattoos oh yeah talked forget- the same way and then he ended up getting his head taken he was like 10 and 0 or something but they ended up fighting bums ended up getting his head blasted off i haven't heard from him since he might not even fight anymore probably doesn't but yeah and then also like brad katona it's like dude, you also can't talk like you have nothing in common with conor mcgregor <laughs> like literally nothing so you can't knock anybody out you do like you're boring you're boring you're a nerd you're the nerd he's yeah. like the biggest nerd on the roster pretty much Up- uprooted his life to move to ireland yeah i don't know just to get a second shot on the ultimate fighter so I guess it's working if he's winning, right? He won his fight. Yeah, he did win his fight. Yeah, I just it's just a terrible idea. Like either they're putting no effort into it or they're just lost for ideas. Yeah, I think it's, it's pretty much just lost. It hasn't worked on me. I watched one episode and that was it. I'm having yeah. no desire to watch another. So anyways, um yeah, that's uh that's where that state of affairs is there. No one knows if the fight's gonna happen. I, I heard that the F the USADA deadline passed for Connor to fight in 2023. So if him and Chandler do fight, it has to be at least in 2024. So that's looking like it may not happen either. So yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, no, and I never thought it would. Like it's it's just the whole thing's just knock on as planned. I don't think. No. Yeah, they definitely uh, dropped the ball on this one. 
Maybe some, maybe all the wizards, all the production wizards in the world just can't save that show. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I can't see a, a way to keep it, like, why they would keep it in the next TV deal. But it seems like they, they weren't going to keep it, they said, this time, and they did. So it'll probably somehow get lumped in there. I'm sure ESPN Plus needs content and whatnot. So Another revamp coming, coming soon. Yeah, they're all waiting just to get the short notice call against uh, Bo Nickel or Jack Della Maddalena now. So. Right. Either way, we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, we'll move on to our recap here. Uh, we had a Sean Strickland fight card, which means generally means a lot of excitement outside the ring and not so much inside the ring. But he actually, whether it was a matchup or his opponent gassing or whatever, he actually put on a pretty uh, pretty exciting fight this time. Yeah, he did. I mean, it, he looked off in the first round, that's for sure. But um, He did get poked in the eye very badly. Yeah, that's true. I thought true. it was over when he got poked in the eye. Yeah, it went, like, knuckle deep on two fingers into his eye. So it looked pretty bad. I didn't. It looked really quick in live time. And then when they did, like, the overhead slow motion replay, I was like, geez, that one, that one hurt. He was telling the ref and the doctor he couldn't see. I'm like, oh, it's over. Yeah, usually they don't let him go on. But it seemed like after he said, I can't see, he recovered fairly quickly. So, And, I mean, Sean Strickland's not a guy that I would say would, would Probably, fake it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. He's um, no Bilal Muhammad, you know. Yeah, and I don't know where I saw this clip at. It's recent. It's new. It may be from Strickland's recent interview. But he said that Ali... Abdelaziz, who represents Abu Smagomedov, came into was in their gym watching them spar and stuff, and then decided that Sean Strickland was a good matchup for Abus. Jeez, they give that guy like free reign in the UFC. Does I know I he has like. too much power. Yeah, he's like you know. He also made a terrible strategic error in this, but yeah, right. Well, like I mean, if your guy's main weakness is seems like his gas tank, Sean Strickland's like the worst matchup for terrible, you. Terrible, terrible matchup because he can go all day, um, and yeah, so. I mean, my, that guy looked good in the first round. Obviously, his second fight in the UFC, getting a main event, like that's obviously he had some pull. I didn't realize he was an Ali fighter. That may, it all makes sense now. Yeah, they let Ali do whatever he wants. He he either has something on Dana, or I think he just does whatever Dana wants him to do. Like like he'll completely screw over one of his fighters for yeah. for Dana if it means like getting favor for some of his other guys and whatnot. So very clearly, Dana's an easy guy to manipulate because maybe not an easy guy to manipulate, but an easy guy like to you get on his good side and he's going to do whatever you like. Yeah, he's a big loyalty guy. There's no in between. You're either on his good side or his bad side, yeah. and like there's no getting off of it no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe uh, maybe um, Ali was in there sacrificing Amagomedov. In order to save some others. Yeah, that's very well could I mean, be. he sacrificed Cody Garbrandt with no problem, so. Right. Yeah. So. Once, he, once he suspects you're washed, he throws <laughs> you to the fucking wolves, dude. Yeah, he cashes some checks and throws you to the wolves. So, yeah, Strickland looked good. Finally an exciting fight. It's been a while since he's knocked anybody out. I think they said like three and a half years. The last guy he knocked out was Brendan Allen. Jeez. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it has ago. been a while. I mean, he's gotten he's been fighting a lot of tough fights though. He's pretty much takes like every fight of his is pretty tough. Yeah, it's lately. just the contrast to me of how like violent he is in the press conferences versus how <laughs> not violent he is in the actual octagon. I know he doesn't even try to like hide it anymore. Like I think he tried to go out there and be violent like when he first started talking big and he got knocked out or something. So like ever since then he's like, well, I'll just keep talking shit and then just not just you know go pitter patter with some jabs when i get in there yeah and maybe i you know a guy gasses out it doesn't matter how hard you're hitting them they're going down yeah exactly and this dude abu smagomedov you could tell he was looking for a way out at least a minute before he finally quit oh yeah he started looking down at the canvas i'm like he's gonna take a knee right and then he finally did it 
somewhat of a late stop. It just seemed like he was kind of yeah. He was looking for, a, for a he while. was looking for a way out for a while, and then he went down and then folded up. So yeah, big win for Strickland though. Like a lot of uh, took a big risk, like lose to an unranked guy in a second fight. But I mean, I feel like. Strickland, as much of a idiot as he pretends to be, like he probably had a good read on this. He probably thought, you yeah. know, this is a this guy's got two fights. He beat beat up like who was he? Dude, he beat up Dustin Jacoby or something. Yeah, it, se- it seems him. like a risk. But then again, it's like how often do you get a guy that's like not in the top fifteen, and you're, it's a second fight in the UFC. If you're Sean Strickland, like the only way you're getting someone someone like that in most cases from the UFC matchmakers is like a late fall off, <laughs> mm-hmm. so. and you get to headline, and you get all the perks that come with that. So. Yeah, and then things couldn't have gone better for him. So, um, yeah, uh, Demir Ismagulov versus Grant Dawson. Um, I don't remember what the line was in this, but Grant Dawson was a very slight underdog, and I felt like this was my favorite pick of the whole fight was Grant Dawson. Again, we can't brag about picking our – but we both had him. Um, I bet him in real life. uh, If anyone wants to take my word for it, I did. Um, And he dominated this fight. Like, I just don't know who's going to – he's so solid. Like, there's there's not many people I would favor over Grant Dawson. Yeah, he's pretty well rounded. Easy and, to forget about, but he's a very good fighter. Yeah, exactly. And his Bagulov, he uh, he's supposed to be a pretty good grappler and whatnot too, and he just got controlled. So, um, yeah, I thought Grant Dawson pretty solid performance there, and uh, can't take anything away from him. I think he said they said he's undefeated in the UFC, so he's racking up the wins. So, so yeah, he got written off because he's missed weight twice. Once when he was on like a five days notice, and then one yes. time before that he missed weight pretty bad. I think. And that's, like, why he got written off as, like, a potential, like, bust. Um, that's all it was. And then since then, like, he's not – I don't even think he was training full-time at the time. Like, I, th- I know he's recently moved his camp to ATT. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think he's he's looks so solid. Until he gets into, like, that that real high-up level, I, I would I would take him in every fight. Yeah, I think he, he deserves a bigger, a bigger name in his next fight, that's for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, very dominant win for him. Three rounds, three body triangles. Uh, as Magulov didn't get out of a single one. So. Right. Um, another decent prospect, we had Max Griffin versus Michael Morales. Uh, this was a really exciting fight. Um, yeah, this was a sick fight. Max Griffin's come around a lot to be a pretty exciting fighter. Yeah, because he was boring as hell for a long time. <laughs> yeah, he's come around. like He's he's way older than I thought he was. Do you know how old he is? He's probably, what, like 36 or something? He's 37, yeah. 37? I would have guessed he was like 34. I yeah. know he's been around forever, but I thought he came into the UFC really young. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I knew he was a little bit older, but um, I probably would have guessed younger if you didn't like make it seem like he's a little bit older. Yeah, yeah, I kind of gave it away, didn't I? Yeah. Um, speaking of young, though, Michael Morales is only like 24. That kid is a he looks monster, good. dude. But he looks like he's, he's – I gonna, think he's going to have a problem because I, he looks like a tweener to me. He's fighting at 170, but he looks like a big 155. Or, yeah. He's pretty thick, though, but he I just thick. think he's, yeah. he's a little reckless out there. Yeah, but he – I mean – all those Superman punches he throws, it's like... And like, the off-the-cage stuff, like yeah. somebody times you up on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If someone can just pop a jab while he's just lunging forward at you, he's going to eat it. Yeah, but of all the guys, like, um, Max Griffin's, like, has a great jab. He just couldn't get it going. Like, this this kid was just ruthless, man. Yeah. He looked good. Like I, He overwhelmed him. I was really impressed. This is probably, Win or like, lose, yeah. Win or lose going forward, like, he's going to be an exciting fighter. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that size might be good for 172 because it also helps him stop takedowns and whatnot. Like, you know, he looks like – he just looks like he can stop a takedown. <laughs> he's pretty tall, too. Like, he's a thick – he's he's – yeah, he may be a tweener, um, but I think he may be also be able to, at his age, like be able to fill out a lot more. Yeah, but I mean, he is he is jacked. He's he just seems a little seem, short or something. He seems to have that strength. Um, yeah, that like, that like, yeah, that 
that's that like un what's the word I'm looking for like un unequal strength to like his size like he seems very strong for his yeah, size definitely and I mean he almost I thought he was going to get Max Griffin out of there in that second round but uh, I mean Max Griffin was able to hang on credit to him and, and he's a tough guy to finish so yeah I just felt for Matt feel a little for Max Griffin like having being like a long time UFC vet and you got a 24 year old taunting you and just beating the shit out of you yeah and yeah <laughs> they a tough did. way to tough one to go through they're not doing him any favors with the matchmaking that's for sure yeah he he didn't get the sean strickland treatment on that one he's the one in the most pain so anyways uh we'll keep moving on here we had ariana lipsky versus melissa gato this was a split decision for lipsky could have gone either way i don't know if there's much to say about this fight here yeah you just got to pick the the women's underdog so yeah a lot of underdogs in this card uh ismail bon- bonfim versus uh saint denise um saint this denise a- just went steamrolled him yeah and it's like Bonfim, he looked so good in his first i mean this is a pretty wide line i think uh, he destroyed terrence mckinney yeah exactly and uh you know, St. Denise, we saw him get, you know, absolutely mauled. Uh, One of the worst beatings of all time. <laughs> yeah. It should have been stopped, like, several times. But uh, he came back with a vengeance. I know I, – did he have one fight in between those, I think? I he think? wanted he, – Werner could choke in his last fight, too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a guy from France, to have uh, good submission skills, beat a Brazilian by submission. But, I mean, he did kind of fuck him up with the body, <laughs> the body kicks. Right off the bat, he just – Over and over again, kicks. Yeah, that was a bad, bad strategic decision. Um all right, one of my, I don't know how to put this, but like Kevin Lee, I guess that's all I need to say, versus Renat, <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. Uh, two sides Renat to this. Renat Fakardinov. Two sides to this one. I'm like the John Anik of this podcast, the <laughs> pronunciations. Yeah, the, these, all these names, when you say them right, it feels so good, but when you start <laughs> yeah. saying them wrong, you're just like, you start having a panic attack. Yeah, um, you get worse and worse. Renat I, looked, to be fair, he looked very, very good. He looked legit, dude. He but, looked insanely good. To be unfair, or to be uh, the other side of fair, Kevin Lee is a clown, dude. This guy, <laughs> I'm just so sick of him. When I saw his stupid haircut, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy, dude? Dude. <laughs> just buzz your head like a normal person. It looks like a wig he had on his head or something. So Kevin Lee was one of my calls, but since I have a second call, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to... call too, so I'm just going to roll on him. Yeah, let's just do it now. Let's just get it over with. Um, dude, how many times are we going to hear... Oh, my last training camp was wrong. Oh, my last, I was doing everything. My last gym was not screwing me over. My last strategy sucked. I'm back and better than ever. And I know a lot of fighters do it, but no one's done it more than Kevin Lee. And every time he gets worse. What about Nick Diaz? No one, Nick Diaz, is tr- it's true when he says it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. They're, and not, also ex- they're not excuses, they're facts. And he never <laughs> left his gym, did he? No, I don't think so. No, he's been at the same gym forever. He like, always fought Kevin that, Lee that. has gone from, like, Las Vegas to TriStar to somewhere else. To some- oh, dude, he's just always, a serial camp hopper, you know? And he's always worse, and it's always... And he, he sounds smart when he talks, but the results don't show what he's trying to say. Like, he... He'll say, like, yeah, my last camp, blah, blah, blah. I was doing this wrong. I was cocky. I was overconfident, blah, blah, Dude, you barely beat Diego Sanchez by split decision in Khabib's <laughs> Eagle FC a year ago. What he, did you, like, He talked all not, this shit to get back in the UFC, too, dude. He was like, I'm going to beat Kamzat Tremayev and all this. He's a great salesman, dude, because he keeps getting chances. And he, <laughs> yeah. he fought a lot of good guys in his career. He also lost to almost all of them. It might be good just going to sales career, you know? He might make more money at this point. Yeah, he's well-spoken. He's clearly pretty smart. But, like, dude, the 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 maybe I'm not mad at him for believing in himself. I'm mad at people for, for believing him over and over. 
If you asked yeah. me what was going to happen in this fight, I would have said he, something bad's going to happen to Kevin Lee. Because <laughs> something bad always ha- Even if he's winning, he was beating Tony Ferguson, triangle choke. He was having some success against Charles Oliveira, triangle choked. Like, he was beating Edson Barboza as bad as we've seen anyone beat Edson Barboza, wheel kicked. He, lo- he won that fight, but he still almost got put away. The only fight he... Everyone goes back to his Gregor Gillespie Gillespie knockout. And that, yes, that was impressive, but that was it. That was it. He flew through the rankings early on. He had some great wins coming up. His win over Chiesa was a bad stoppage. He looked like he was winning winning that fight, though. And then he made it up to that interim title shot against Tony Ferguson, had some success against Tony Ferguson. A lot of people have success against Tony Ferguson. Couldn't finish it out. Never been the same. Like, and it just keeps. It's always his camp. It's always his strategy. It's always this. It's always that. Wait, he's a tweener. He has trouble. Right. He doesn't want to fight at one fifty five. Well, that's the only place you've ever had success at. So, I don't know what to say. Like, I, it's not really personal against Kevin Lee. It's personal against the people that keep trying to say that he is a like a legitimate like top contender when he had maybe a six month period where he looked like he was po- potentially a top contender. Like, there isn't a giant list of other guys yeah so many excuses any any yeah he tricks so many people into believing him like i don't know how many times i have to hear how big of a of a lightweight kevin lee was like he's not that big there's way bigger guys that fight at lightweight like he's not that big he looks tiny at 170 it's like but somehow he's convinced literally like 90 percent of ufc fans that he's just like this massive lightweight and he it was just, like, insane that he ever was able to make the cut, but uh, and he needs to fight at 170 there was, now. There was, like, pushes to make a 165 division just for Kevin Lee because he was <laughs> yeah. supposed to be going to be, like, this perfect prototype for a 165 division. Yeah, I mean, it's just... And then he fought at 165 and RDA smoked him. Yeah, right. You got to stop with the excuses at some point. It's obviously it's obviously something... And it, I get it's probably pretty frustrating for him because uh, he is a guy that does seem to have all the talent to be, like, a top lightweight if he could make the cut or whatever but uh he just always finds a way to drop the ball i mean growing up playing like basketball baseball whatnot there's always kids on your team that like were good but then they'd always fuck up like in the game you know so yeah i those, think he's just one of those guys in that, sim- in that same vein a lot of times those were the same guys that would get like a million chances because everyone was like they had, they had everyone believing that they were like kevin lee is just such a prime example everyone thinks that he's going to turn a corner maybe people are just rooting for him because he does like he does sound smart in his pod like he's been on rogan as many times as any fighter i think yeah at least a few times and he sounds good like other than the excuses he does he's like he seems pretty smart and stuff yeah and he's always got a new strategy and then he's switching from weightlifting to yoga and doing all (laughs) his change his whole mental game he's been divorced he's been trained out of vegas his brother became a famous tiktoker and now it's kevin lee's and now it's the, uh, Keith Lee's brother in the UFC. and not Really? The, not, yeah, his brother like does restaurant reviews in Las Vegas for TikTok. Maybe uh, Kevin Lee should uh, try and have his brother hype him up yeah. on the TikTok. You know? I don't, his brother was in his corner, but, man, that's like just an off-the-rails call out of Kevin Lee. Like, God, he's just, I'm just so tired of hearing it. Like, another, another camp, another – he lasted 50 seconds in the UFC, and he got cut. And I, <laughs> that was the fastest – cut like they've cut somebody after a card like that i can remember dude maybe they finally are seeing it clearly like this guy's not doesn't see holes in khabib's game the holes are all in his own game maybe it was his deal they were like we'll let you back in but like you lose and you're yeah. getting cut like the second you show fucking- make show a good account of yourself and we'll keep you and then he gets 
And to be fair, that guy looked that Renat guy looked really good. Like yeah, he looked insanely big too. fast. He looked pretty big too compared to Kevin Lee. He so. was a monster. He was a monster. He was a tank. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think the UFC had high, was expecting Kevin Lee to win that fight. But they, sure, they were expecting him to last more than under a minute. Yeah, it should have been like at least somewhat good fight not just like it's getting steamrolled so yeah so anyways we'll uh we'll leave kevin lee alone um alexander romanov baga even even of um alexander romanov looked like he's fixed some of his cardio he looks like he's fixed some of his stand-up issues he looked pretty good in this fight even is just so dang slow um romanov looked like he's improved his striking um so i think that that's just a maybe romanov i still don't trust him but maybe he's on the way to fixing some of his holes in his game instead of just going along with being a big fat wrestler who has a lot of who if he can't get it to the ground he's going to gas out and quit. Yeah, I mean I don't think so. I think it's just I think Ivanov is just like the, such a slow, just so slow. He's the one guy that that can't push a pace on on Romanov. You know anybody who could literally just just move forward and not let Romanov control yeah. the action for three rounds. Like even Ivanov couldn't push a pace on a snail. Yeah, even Romanov without without being like stressed or aghast in this fight, like he still wasn't looking great in round three. So true, hundred percent true. Um, yeah, I mean, probably possibly still a do not a do not bad guy, but he uh, he had a nice matchup here for him. So anyhow, yeah, like we said, uh, didn't make our picks public, so we can't brag on our wins, but we also don't have to publish our losses. So yeah, a win is a win. There we go. All right, we'll move on to our segments here. It's uh, number week, so it's my turn to go first. We'll do our Isn't He Awesome. I got, first and foremost, Sean Strickland. Um, like I said, finally gets a violent finish. He's been talking about being violent for so long. It's about time he actually shows some violence. I think his weird, cringy behavior outside the octagon, either he's done it enough that he's become natural at it now or we've become used to it or he's gotten better at it, but he has grinded his way all the way up to a Joe Rogan interview and, like, the best of Sean Strickland like clips that I'm seeing on Instagram and TikTok are actually 30 seconds and very funny now. Like he's got enough clips of we- being weird and yeah. like just unhinged. If you throw enough weird shit to the wall, some of it's going to exactly. Stick, right? Yeah, your best. Yeah, your highlight reel. His low light reel probably is cringy still, but <laughs> yeah. his highlight reel is pretty hilarious. I'd put him up there with like Paulo Costa as like one of the funniest like highlight reels. Costa is m- more funny, like haha funny, but. Uh, Strickland's more funny like I can't believe this guy would say this in yeah. a public format type of thing yeah it's kind of funny it's like Costa like the big guys I feel like now are like Costa Strickland Colby Covington as far as like social media and they're so all so different like, yeah. <laughs> how the, they go about it the yeah the 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 angle they've all taken is just wildly varies but I uh I get, yeah I still give the edge to Costa but I wonder if they could make that fight Costa versus Strickland I thought they talked about it That'd be a good fight, right? That would be the best pre like if they could announce it like three months early. That would be yeah. the best build up. Just put it in a main event on a pay per view. Fuck it, we need a big press conference. It needs to be on a pay per view card so we can get them at a presser. Who wins that fight, Strickland, by boring decision? I don't know. That's that's an interesting fight, right? Like, because I mean, Costa, he's got the power, and I mean, we've seen like kind of he could get dropped. He he's great defensively until he's not. Like it's that one. What is it? His left hand, he keeps kind of low. And if, yeah. you're able to, if you're able to get get to him quick enough there, then uh, Costa, you can take him yeah. out. And Costa, I thought he was a gasser, but the way he fought against Marvin Vittori when he was 30 pounds overweight, like he got stronger yeah. as the fight went out. He looked gassed in like the end of the second round, and then he got stronger rounds three, four, and five. Still lost that fight to Vittori, but 
Um, I guess when you don't get have to cut forty pounds, maybe your gas tank's not too bad. Who is he's matched up against some somebody I've never heard of for his next fight? But yeah, that that would be an insane buildup. Like the press conference would be so funny. Um, so book uh, it. Yeah, would love to see it. So anyway, Sean Strickland, he's kind of making a name for himself. Like if you're not going to do it in the if you're not going to wow people in the octagon, you may as well uh, find a niche for yourself outside of it. Um, yeah, and I'm like even seeing him on like meme accounts that have nothing to do with. MMA. That's how you know a guy's kind of like crossing over into mainstream. Um, another isn't he awesome is John Jones. He's decided to let uh, Israel decided to squash his beef and let Israel Adesanya walk free. Um, no hard feelings. They yeah, I saw that. They met up somewhere, did like a little uh, slow mo shadow boxing session with each other. Um, made a long post about squashing beef with him. Um, very nice of John. He could have taken Izzy's life. He ch- chose not to. Right. He's a new man, just like he's been. <laughs> he's turned over a new leaf for the 500th time. Yeah, but this time it's going to stick. It's the real deal. He's exactly. going to church. Exactly. He's, he's, the devil is not in him right now. Yeah. He kind of dropped the, uh, the Jesus Christ act like a little bit. I mean, he still kind of pulls it, but remember how unbearable it was for yeah. a little while? Like in the but, lead up to the DC fights and but stuff? But that was like, also when he was... Like, it was just the other end of the spectrum. Like, that was also when he was on his worst behavior. Yeah, right. He was he was counterbalancing it with being... So maybe he's just, like, found that middle. That you think he was going middle. to church every Sunday, or you think he was just talking a lot about Jesus? He might have been going... He might have been doing it, though. I don't know. Like, he might have just not slept yet, so he just went straight from wherever he <laughs> yeah, was to the church. Exactly. You get hit the 8 a.m. mass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on your way home from... from uh, dry it out a little from bit. From the hottest club in Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> get a speeding ticket on your way from church. No one's going to pull you out of the car and make you do a sobriety test no definitely not yeah i don't know but it, it was, was the wine you know it was nice of him you it got was a built-in l- excuse <laughs> true <laughs> as long as you get it on your way home <laughs> it was a. they had a long feud that i inserted myself into jlt inserted itself into and became a friend of john jones in the process so and a sworn enemy of israel and adesanya. a sworn enemy of adesanya so <laughs> yeah. we 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 also cashed in on both ends of the spectrum we and got we blocked have, by adesanya and we got dm'd by john jones so. and we have officially not squashed our beef with israel adesanya that is that is an ongoing feud yeah i kind of like root for him from afar now like i was i thought it was cool when he beat Pereira, but yeah we're not we're not on yeah we haven't exactly like squashed our beefs no maybe he's, someday he's still got us blocked so he's like I'm, he's afraid to confront us in person i mean he manned up for john jones now He's, he's got to give us a shot, us. right? He's more scared of us than he is of John Jones. <laughs> That's right. All right, call out. Uh, we already did Kevin Lee. I got one for you here. Um, not a typical call out. Um, not a guy I have anything particularly against. And uh, even did something in his favor that I'll give him a shout out for. But Dan Hooker added himself to the list of worst tattoos in the UFC. Have you seen these? No. Dude, you are oh, going I to be. check it out. You're going to be shocked. Number one, he bleached his hair, so it was hard to tell it was him. Oh, wow. He's going to win, right? But is it only Brazilians that Common knowledge would say, yes, he's going to win. But, dude, these tattoos, I swear, shot him straight to the top. Honestly, he may be number two behind Anthony Smith, and he may even be fighting for the title. Oh, my God. Is it this back tattoo? No, that's not. That one's not even bad. Look at his his legs. His legs. Oh, here it is. What is this? Dude, he got what looks like like Roman gladiator shoes tattooed on his legs. Oh, my God. That is so stupid, dude. <laughs> He's got, like, fucking tattooed flip-flops on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he got Roman, he got Jesus shoes, Jesus lace-ups 
tattooed on his legs, dude. Oh, they're, yeah, they're gladiator boots. Oh, my God, that is stupid. <laughs> Who does he think he is? Russell Crowe? He's like Mac- <laughs> Maximus Aurelius or something? Well, here's the part that kind of, like, actually alarms me. Uh, b- below where he, below on his Instagram, he posted with his friend, another white guy, get his f- white friend getting, like, the Australian, like, aboriginal tattoos on it all over his face oh my god is that what he's gonna do next is that a gladiator face mask too well i think it's like the yeah yeah it is it's like the traditional whatever uh, new zealand uh dude if he does that next if he just goes full body armor (laughs) full paint full tattooed body armor so it just looks like he's wearing uh that's when you got to start to wonder if some of these beatings have changed his brain chemistry oh yeah i mean the blonde hair, if you if you dye your hair and it looks like that, <laughs> if you look like fucking a crackhead Slim Shady with long yeah, hair, like he's you gotta fucking just shave it off before you go in public with that, right? And then But now you're wearing boots for the rest of your life. All my tattoos are spontaneous. Yeah, we could tell. Where'd like, you see that at? It's like on the it's just one of the pictures. That's what he said, I guess. Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. I you shouldn't be doing spontaneous boots on your legs, though. No. That's crazy. No. Get gloves before like, you get Tiago boots, Tiago Santos man. has, like, a, a shield across, like, his whole leg is, like, a, a shield on the front. It doesn't, it's not my thing, but, like, it doesn't look that bad. This looks like Roman gladiator boots. It's bad. This is, <laughs> it's one of the strangest decisions for a tattoo. Where, like, I've never seen anybody get fucking boots tattooed on them, so... Um, it's, or a medieval knight. It's either a medieval knight or like a Roman gladiator. Yeah, like it's definitely original at least, you know. It's not like a, he's going the opposite route of Anthony Smith where Anthony Smith goes for the most like, um, you know, what would a 20-year-old woman get? And that's yeah. what Anthony Smith gets tattooed on. A 20-year-old like, white girl who just went through her worst breakup. What would a... Uh, Dude, 14, get male from the 1400s in ancient Rome... St- if he um, stopped at the ankle, too, like if he didn't do the flip-flop on the foot tattoo. Oh, it wouldn't be that bad. That actually... Like, then he looked like Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, that's what seals it as being absolutely terrible. And then it's like, I don't know, it's nothing like the... If you look at it, like the one leg... So one leg looks like it has more design than the other. Maybe it's just from the way I'm looking at it. But, like, the outside of his right leg, it's just like like wooden... Like wood, just like in designs or something. Like, I don't know. It's just... It's very bad. Like... And the the tattooed into a flip flop just puts it over the top for bad tattoos. Like that's the CTE kicking in. I gotta think when you you know they you know when you buy a gun in some states you gotta wait. There's a cool down period. Like yeah. they need to start doing that at tattoo parlors for yeah. Dan Hooker, man. Yeah, and I just want to give a shout out to um, this random Instagram person, a very brave man, seven weeks ago. Most hideous tattoos I've ever top comment. Most hideous tattoos I've ever seen. But hey, at least you'll look cool. At least you'll look tough once you get beat up by Jalen, LOL. <laughs> so he kind of is on the same boat as me. Like, I have no beef with Dan Hooker. Um, he has been taking nothing but ruthless beatings for a while now. I think his last win was uh, um, Nazrat, who I don't even know if is in the UFC anymore. But, man, this is just a terrible t- I Yeah, I what know. happened to Nazrat Hackpress, too? Uh, he might still be in the UFC. I but think he is. I think it's now that they make the uh, – you, you don't get to find out if when a fighter pops for steroids. We just randomly, uh, true. guys just randomly go missing for a year or two. Like, and you're yeah. like, what happened to that guy? But it's probably they're Jiri. probably suspended. Yeah. Jerry's been gone a year with the worst, allegedly the vacated his belt for the worst shoulder injury ever, but he's been training the whole time. Yeah, exactly. They're just all gone. Yeah, now they can just like 
a guy like Hack Prast, you just don't even notice till you randomly think of him. But then some of the bigger guys, it's pretty clear, like Yuri. Yeah, for sure. So, anyways, yeah, Dan Hooker, hate to do it, but you're probably number two on the worst tattoos list. Maybe number one. I got to see it in person this weekend. By in person, I mean on the TV, but that's just brutal. Very bad. It's not going to look any better on the TV. Like <laughs> It's going to look worse as well. I thinking. hope he puts ankle wraps on. That's the only way to look better. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, those are permanent. But, yeah, that's crazy. Also, you're a white guy. Like, it doesn't look that bad on, like, Tai Tuivasa. Those are, t- like, Tai Tuivasa t- and uh, who's the other guy that just won a couple weeks ago? Um, another, like, Australian or New Zealand, uh, Justin Taffa. Yeah. Those, like, diapers they have tattooed are not good tattoos. But no. they, they're, like, they're, like, they look, like, the tribal people that get them. Dan Hooker's a white guy. Yeah, it makes no sense. So, anyways, I'll let it slide. Um, just marking on my list, bad tattoos. I just, I cringe. Like, dude, those that you can't get that. You can't get rid of that. So, anyhow, uh, move on. Who do you got this weekend for your Isn't He Awesome and your weekly call-out? Besides right. Kevin Lee. So, um, Isn't He Awesome? We're going with Alves Brenner. Uh, that guy, man, plus 500 underdog there. Bleached hair. Bleached hair, yeah. Exactly. He gets the W, and he looked uh, – that was an insane fight. Like, Kudaladze, pretty solid fighter. He almost knocked out Brenner the, in the first round, it, and then Brenner just kept going. That cut was absolutely disgusting. In a weird place, too, like right in the middle of his forehead, a yeah. huge cut. Major bleeding spot. Yeah, he turned in from, from a blonde to a redhead by the end of the fight. His it hair was, was pretty dark crazy. red. That yeah. was stained dark red. Um and I, I think they said so. Like I think they said this is the second time he's won as an underdog. I don't remember who his first fight was against. Damn. Yeah, Maybe I mean, to keep an eye. He's what got a think? gas tank. He's he's got the ability to pull some out, you know. And what do you think about Charles Oliveira being in his corner, them being from the same gym? Yeah, I mean, I think that helps a ton. You know, he's it's, probably one of his training partners, and you're going against world class. Do um, you remember when Glover was the champ, and it seemed like everybody fighting at Glover's gym was just winning, like yeah. un, unexplainably well. I think that I think it kind of helps the whole gym when you have a like a champion or a guy close to being the champion that's just steamrolling through. It gives everybody a little bit more confidence. Like, yeah, I'm going against the best. Guy, yeah. yeah, I'm fighting the best in the world, like on daily and stuff. And I, you know, confidence is one thing that it definitely is. You can't put it up as a stat and kind of look at it, but uh, it's definitely something that does help a ton in fighting and or in any sport really. But fighting, I think, even more so. Yeah, and this guy, he had that crazy look in his eye. Yeah, he really did, dude. There was no taking him out. Like, he just he just came back, and he kept going, and he's got a gas tank, and he was able to kudalatze. He just he started wavering a little bit, and that Brenner took full advantage of it. So Yeah, great win. That was an awesome major underdog, like a plus 500 or something. Yeah, and then uh, for call-out, we're going with, uh, you see this YouTuber that tried to uh, prank Jalen Turner and got his ass kicked on the Vegas Strip? No. Yeah, so I – yeah, here, watch the video real fast. It's kind of like uh, – I don't know what the exact prank was. I, let's put it on is volume. Is it the guy that pranks all the UFC fighters? I don't know. Is that him? Let's see. Where's my volume? Let's see here. So it's, it's a guy in a red shirt. Yeah, that's the guy. I don't even get the prank. He does. It's not even that good of a prank. He, just he walks by on his phone and pretends like he's talk, he talking. He looks shit. A, looks straight at him and says like uh, like that'll beat him up. He did it to like Jamal Hill and stuff too. Yeah, and Jalen Turner clearly doesn't know it's a joke. Just takes him out, dude, and then his boys jump on him. 
<laughs> so, dude, just ultimate dumbass. Like, I don't, dude, you're not gonna, I, a million views on YouTube or whatever is not gonna get me to, like, uh, it's not, yeah, you're not doing, it's not a full time job. Just think about how bad that could have gone on the escalator, too. Like, I, I'd pick a better location, too. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're thinking, like, oh, I'm gonna prank Jalen Turner, like, maybe wait till you get to the bottom of the escalator. There was some lady I heard that just got her, her, leg cut off by an escalator it was like broken like they left the thing open or something and she fell and got like leg chopped off by that thing so that's the stuff my parents used to terrify me about when i was a kid they were so scared of like (laughs) us being little kids on an escalator yeah exactly so escalator is like one of the last places like an elevator wouldn't be a great like way too small like nobody's gonna save you especially like on if you're going to the top of uh one of the bigger hotels there in Vegas. You don't want to be stuck in an elevator with Jalen Turner after after pranking him. Well, not really pranking him, just talking shit to him, really. I don't get how he gets to call himself a prankster when you just... It should be like just dumbass talk shit fighter gets his ass kicked. Not, there's no prank involved here. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. <laughs> that guy's been doing that, though. He's been doing it for a while. Um, Does he get his ass kicked every time? I don't think so. I think he usually bails out of the prank quicker, but they were quick to snatch him up. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, it was They immediate. also didn't react. Usually they, react, usually they re- react like, are you talking to me or something? Those guys just <laughs> jumped into action. I think maybe he, like, he was a little more subtle about like maybe he wasn't talking to me because I think he clearly looked him. You know, you don't look a pit bull in the eyes, you know? <laughs> Or a tarantula, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Especially fight on their actual fight week, like when they're revved up. Yeah, it just all he had multiple bad decisions going into this prank. Like number one, it's not a prank. You know, two location terrible, and uh, yeah, execution bad. Pretty much everything. He he really needs to. If he's some famous YouTuber, I don't think like, he's famous. I think he's just trying to make a name for himself. I don't really know because I don't I. I've seen his videos, though. He's been doing that. It's not bad. It's I guess, like, if you think about it, if you can make a good living just, you know, getting just one punched every once in a while, it's maybe not that bad if you're, you can actually get a big following. But uh, overall, he's got to put a little bit more, a uh, little bit more thought into these supposed pranks before executing them. Absolutely. Yeah, he's lucky. It's going to get worse. Somebody's going to rock him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's guys a lot more unhinged than Jalen Turner in the UFC, so um, he better be a little bit smarter about who he picks for sure. I would say so. All right, you got anybody else to call out? No, just we had the Kevin Lee. We already we already went in on him. We'll uh, he's had a rough week, so we'll we'll leave it at that. Yeah, Kevin Lee. Sorry, sorry, you just can't get it together. Um, I was at one time a believer as well. It just didn't take me as long as everybody else to realize, like, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And no. I still see tweets, like, keep in mind, Kevin Lee's only 30. It's like, yeah, but he's already fought everybody and lost to everybody. And also, 30 is young for a guy, like, ascending. It's not really young for a guy who's already had a 10-year MMA career. No. Yeah, so, it's like, I think they say, like, nine years, like, your MMA prime. There's, I mean, there's outliers, but that rule seems pretty consistent. It's like 8 to 10, basically. You have 8 to 10 years from when you, like, reach prime before you're or like when you start fighting in the ufc basically yeah to that seems like it's been be done been very consistent and that's for the good ones yeah exactly and then you know just the bad the, ones might get a two or three year peak yeah exactly so anyhow uh we can move on to our preview here we got ufc 290 july 9th uh t-mobile arena i believe um 
We'll start it off with our main event. we got Alexander Volkanovsky, minus anywhere from 350 to minus 400 I've seen. Yair, plus 260. Um, yeah, so I told, I said before the show, said before we started recording, I am one of those, I've gotten to the point where as soon as I think a guy's invincible, they always lose. <laughs> That's where I am with Volkanovsky right now. Yair has a lot of ways he could win this fight, potentially. I think it would be silly to be like, yeah, I'm, I think Yair's going to win this fight, because I don't. Um, but if there's one thing Volkanovski's been a little susceptible to, it's been head kicks. Um, if it's a stand-up fight, I think Yair is probably the most, not technical, but most creative striker he's fought. Um, I think even Max Holloway, when he fought Yair a couple of years ago, had to kind of result to some grappling and takedowns yeah. to win that fight. Yeah, he did. He had to shoot takedowns. Um, Yair's clearly improved his ground game as well. Volkanovski does take him down. Um, so... I, I think maybe minus 400, where what I looked at it last night, is just a little wide for me. And I don't think maybe Yair's going to – I don't think Yair's going to win this fight, but I wouldn't be surprised if something happened. Yeah, exactly. So I'm kind of on the same page as you, but I, I'm going Volkanovski. I just think – I mean, after that Makachev fight, it's like who, who can beat this guy, right? But if there was one guy that's like could pull off a win against like a guy so technically sound as Volkanovski, it's Yair Rodriguez, just a guy that – does everything kind of unorthodox, just insane strikes, tons of power, um, you know, throws kicks out of nowhere, uh, up elbows at the end, at the buzzer. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the dude, the dude's unpredictable. So uh, when you get a guy like that, he, there's always a chance for a highlight reel finish, no matter who he's fighting, you know? So um, that being said, I'm, I don't like the line. I don't love it. Um, it's probably kind of one that I'll pass on. I'm, I'll probably put Volkanovski on the top of some parlays and then you can, you got a pretty good hedge out on on Rodriguez if you get there, you know. So um, we'll go Volkanovski, but I'm I'm just excited to see this fight. Really, I mean, this should be uh, should be a banger. I mean, Volkanovski too. Um, if he doesn't get, well, I don't. You know, he's been so solid his chin. You know, he's gotten like flash knocked on a few times, but Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez. I mean, I don't know. He's got to be. He's gonna have to be on the ball because uh, I don't. I think if uh, Volkanovski does get tagged by a year, he can revert to the wrestling because although, you know, you said his wrestling's been getting better, but it is, he's still not the best. So I think that, that Volkanovski can always fall back on that if it gets, That's it gets 100% tough. true. Yeah. And my thing with like, Yair potentially winning the fight is, and even, uh, even, even uh, Volkanovski losing the fight is Volkanovski not going to lose to a guy who's better than him because nobody's better than him. It'll be some sort of, fluky something yeah so, so i don't think he's, he's i don't there's a in my mind there's a zero percent chance yeah you're out classes volkanovsky i just i'm so like alexa grasso choking out valentina shevchenko has changed my brain chemistry <laughs> right yeah there's been a few where I, i've always get like i always tell myself like don't buy into the hype on some people and then somehow i always get to the point where yeah but volk has just been dude he arguably he, beat makachev a uh, division of without actually gaining weight he just showed up 10 pounds heavier like yeah well i mean he cuts from 300 pounds so <laughs> that's right that's right he did he did play uh rugby australian rules football at 350 so yeah i don't know i don't know i think this fight will be exciting even if it is a wide margin i just think yair could at least create some excitement early on um it could be a tactical striking match uh there's a lot of ways this fight could go um and obviously i think volkanovsky's gone from a boring like hated champion to a pretty exciting guy because he shows up to fight every fight yeah he did he kind of he definitely flipped it he pulled a kamara well, Usman, you know everyone hated him because he robbed max holloway yeah that did it and those fights those first few fights weren't 
the most exciting fights either. Sure. They were kind of like, you know, he just kind of touched them out. They were kind of distance management type deals. But and he's he's gotten more violent, more precise ever since. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, this should be an exciting matchup. All right, Alexander Pantoja plus one seventy five. Brandon Moreno, the champion, minus two twenty five. Again, strange, strange buildup here. Um, Alexander Pantoja has beat Moreno twice, once to get him kicked off the Ultimate Fighter, once to get him kicked out of the UFC. Brandon Moreno had to fight in LFA to get back into the UFC, became the champion, now is favored over a guy he's never beat. Pantoja has not really done anything different since he's been in the UFC. Moreno's obviously stepped his game up significantly. Um, Common sense would tell you Moreno's improved drastically and is just at his uh, physical and mental peak right now and that he he can probably overcome this mountain of two losses to pantoja especially the odds makers certainly think so um i'm not sure where i stand on this if i was going to take an underdog in in the title fights it would be pantoja um i also have a, a crazy theory uh one of my guys jared shout out to jared he's been watching embedded and betting against guys that are hanging out with their kids during the fight week oh wow brandon moreno hanging out with his kids all week Jeez. Yeah, how can you get ready for a fight if you're playing with kids all day? It's been he's been money with this theory as well. Jeez. I I never thought about that, but it does make sense. You know, how is your head in the game during the week to the He f- told me Benil Dariush is about to get crushed, dude. He's been awake with his kids and new puppy all week on embedded. Jeez, you don't want to get a new puppy on top of kids before uh before a fight. So Yeah, so anyways, if that doesn't give you a couple points in the direction of Pantoja, I don't like Handicap insider information. It's public. It was on embedded, but um, <laughs> yeah, unless they're playing with Legos, then it's just normal. That's just a normal day for Brandon Moreno. Yeah, but that is true. I think if there, I think I don't know. Again, I just don't know if minus two twenty five is the right line for this. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of go. I hate to do it because I love Pantoja. I've made a lot of money betting on him. It seems like he's consistently been forgotten about, like really, almost yeah. every step of his career. It's like. I don't know how it's taken. He's got pretty cons- – I think he didn't fight super consistently for a stretch there when flyweight kind of got big, you know. So, like, during the – I don't know. But, um, anyways, I think Moreno's going to get the win. I think I think it's hard to beat somebody three times in a row. Um, also, I think Moreno – at a time, like you said, Pantoja, he was the better fighter, but I think it's, I think it's flipped now. Um, age – takes down all fighters eventually and pantosha especially the tiny guys yeah the tiny guys you lose a half a step and there's such a big discrepancy you know like as soon as you lose that step you can get beat you can go from being the best to losing a half a step and you're like automatically dropped to like 10 to 15 ranking you know so there's just no room for error when you're that small and you know just a little bit slower which i think pantosha definitely has lost a little bit and Moreno, it just seems like he gets, you know, faster and faster as it goes. So, um, yeah, I got to go Moreno in this one. I, I think I, I'm pretty solid on that one, I think. All right, wild one here. I don't even know how this fight got made, but it blows my mind. We got Dreykus Duplessis plus 300 versus Robert Whitaker minus 400. Right. Not necessarily that Dreykus isn't a great fighter. He is, but this is two completely opposite guys. You got Robert Whitaker, technical, um, cool, calm, collected, and then you got Dreykus Duplessis, who looks drunk out there and just throws haymakers and somehow makes it work. Again, another crazy line here. We got minus 400, plus 300. I don't think this is not the same as Dreykus versus Darren Till. This is not the same as Dreykus versus uh, who else did he beat? 
I mean, he's finished almost all his wins. Yeah, and he always gets that drunk set. Like, I, I think Robert Whitaker is just far too preci- quick and precise. To, He's just not going to fall into that brawl thing. Yeah, I mean, Robert Whitaker can pick Duplessis apart from the outside. I mean, he's he's a world class striker. Um, Duplessis, I've been impressed with him, um, especially like. Who did he fight where he started wrestling in the first round and got it kicked his oh, kicked who, his own ass? Beat himself, in, beat himself know, up in round one. Who was I was in California, I remember watching it. He um, initiated a takedown where he slammed himself on his own head and dropped whoever he was fighting on top of him. It was uh And then he looked gassed out from then on. It was uh, uh, the guy that the, the guy that uh, Brad Brad Tavares. Yep, Brad Tavares, you're right. Because, yeah, he's, lo- he's beat Derek Brunson, Darren Till, Brad Tavares, Trevin Giles. Brent, I thought Derek Mark Brunson. Stress. I bet against him against Derek Brunson because I'm like, Brunson has a way of getting, getting a hold of these guys. Derek Brunson looked good early, and then Dreykus just beat him to a pulp. Yeah, it's – I just – man, Robert Whitaker, he's beat everybody, but Adesanya, right? And to think, like, like Dreykus is going to be the style that, that beats him, like, but I think – I think guys just get surprised by by Drake. It's like he's still coming after getting. He's like a fucking zombie, you know. He just doesn't stop. So, he's just, um, yeah, he's you know, he even kind of like PCP, gets dude. a little. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, Robert Whitaker, I think that's about minus four hundred. It's is a pretty good line. Like, um, shit, I would. I feel like I like Robert Whitaker over like some of these guys that are bigger favorites. Like, I don't know. Bo Nickel, I'm not sold. I think I'm going to pick against him. I don't know who Val Woodburn is. I feel like you have to. I feel like you have to on that one. I don't know a thing about Val Woodburn either, but... He's got a girl's name. (laughs) Val, Valerie. Uh, What was uh, the guy? Uh, Val Kilmer, dude. Val Kilmer. He was a badass. He was, but... Still alive, but he... Yeah, ice from Top Gun. Um, Yeah, we're almost to that fight. So let's do uh, Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker first. Uh, Do you have any finishing thoughts on Whitaker and Duplessis? Just... I think, just, yeah, I think Whitaker, I think Whitaker's a lock. I mean, you know, I I could see getting there like on Yair. I could see like a case be made for Pantoja, but I just don't see Duplessis winning a watch. I mean, he's kind of he's surprised us how many times now. So um, he, you never know. But I just I think Robert Whitaker's too good. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on there. Um, Jalen Turner, Dan Hooker. We have Jalen Turner minus two seventy five, kind of on the rise. Dan Hooker plus two twenty five, kind of on the steep decline. Also, spent most of his time in the tattoo shop, more time than in the tattoo shop than the gym. Um, that's like what any old dude would say about like a, somebody yeah. who shows up with new tattoos. But I just don't think it's in the cards for Dan Hooker. He's just gotten, I you know, he was a guy. He had that amazing fight against uh, Dustin Poirier, and since then he just has not been the same. Um, I don't necessarily think maybe he was just a good matchup against Dustin Poirier because Dustin Poirier doesn't really knock a lot of guys out. Um, despite people thinking he's kind of a power puncher, he's really not. Um, that was just a good – he also had a great brawl against Paul Felder, another guy kind of like Dustin Poirier where they hit they, – they do hit hard and they stand and bang, but they don't knock a lot of guys out. But, like, since then, like, Dan Hooker's just not – like, he didn't even get anything going against Arnold Allen. I don't remember his last fight. Um, he had his one good fight against Nazrat Hackprast, who everyone knows is kind of a bust, so – Jalen Turner, on the other hand, has looked really good against everybody, just been destroying guys, destroyed Dan Hooker's teammate, Brad Riddell, recently. Um, really yeah. close fight against uh, the guy that fought Benil Darius to fight Charles Oliveira. Um, Matus Gamera. Matus Gamera. Um, arguably won that fight, could have easily questionably won that fight. Um, just 
a tale of two guys' careers going different directions. I'm Jalen Turner. I think is a lock here. Yeah, I lo- I really like Jalen Turner. He's uh, he's one and zero already this week. So um, <laughs> you got to give him that. He's gonna fight his. You know, he's gonna beat. Um, he's gonna beat Cam Zatz, uh The quickest back to back wins here. So um, yeah, like you said, I, I think he did a great job breaking this one down. I think Dan Hooker. He's he's on the decline. Jalen Turner. He's you know one of the most promising prospects in the in the UFC I'd say right now he he looks really good it's kind of it's surprising he was a guy that I feel like kind of came out of nowhere I don't I think anybody say, had that high of expectations he really for him wasn't he wasn't like this promising prospect I think he was kind of a in the middle guy like yeah I don't like, think oh, anybody this guy's saw. really tall and he's really strong but until he puts it and he hasn't really put everything together yet now he's put it all together and he's gigantic yeah he looks way bigger too than I mean he was always like a pretty jack guy but it looks like he's Definitely. I mean, he might have went to Brazil or, or Thailand <laughs> yeah, or wherever yeah. they go. You know, he's They're all going somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But some guys are more obvious than others, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I really like Jalen Turner. Tarantula, baddest nickname. Uh, beat up the YouTuber. So, I mean, minus 275. I don't, I, I don't think it's too bad. All right. Yeah, I'll take that. All right, Bo Nickel versus Val Woodburn. Know nothing about Val Woodburn. All I can say about Bo Nickel um, – I don't know if we're going to be as hard on him as we've been in the past. I don't know if he's proven anything else. But, like, I didn't think he looked great against Jamie Pickett. He had a lot no. of trouble with Jamie Pickett. Jamie Pickett is the lowest of the low-level journeymen out there. I don't know if Val Woodburn is anything at all. He was preparing for a contender series fight. I believe this had Bo Nickel, biggest favorite in UFC history. There's a lot of pressure in that as well. If he gets him to the ground, he probably beats him. But he had a lot. He has not had the same success I mean, he submitted Jamie Pickett in one round, but yeah, but he had to knee him in the nuts to take yes. him down. Like he, he yeah. did not. He got stuffed he on his trouble. first attempt, yeah, and then he stuck. was like, he was stuck up against the cage, and he had to knee him in the nuts, and then he took him down. So um, I think we might have like a Bo Nichols overhyped. I would say I don't think everybody thought he was like this immediate like gonna be like Israel Adesanya type rise like yeah, you know first fight Adesanya. and it's just like boom boom every fight's a step up and he's like in a title fight in four or five fights like he's got a much longer road I think than people thought if he can ever get there um that being said like I mean he's probably gonna win this fight but you're not who's playing minus 2500 I know for a fact we're gonna see some fucking idiotic tweet uh that somebody put a million bucks on <laughs> Bo Nickel like or whatever from uh, the MGM Sportsbook on the broadcast, but um, I think you're you're a moron if you're putting uh, a large amount of money on Bo Nickel here. There's much better value on this card. The next fight we're going to talk about, I think Nico Price is maybe like the lo- I'm going to call a lock. I think on that next fight. All right, we'll move on to that quickly. We got the last ever Robbie Lawler line because <laughs> I don't think Robbie Lawler is going to c- come out of retirement when he's done. I, I thought we already had the last ever. I didn't. I didn't realize he was still I fighting. Thought he, I thought he was done too. Yeah, I mean... What was his last fight? What do we think Nick was his... Nick Diaz, dude. Remember how bad he looked first, Nick Diaz? <laughs> yeah. He, it was like... He's slow motion. I mean, he won, but it was... It was insane. I mean, Nick Diaz was, like, throwing 10% punches on him, and he set, like, a, a record for <laughs> most strikes in a round or something on Robbie Lawler, but he barely hit him. Um, and Robbie Lawler was, like, had trouble with alcoholic Nick Diaz at this point. Like, I don't get it. He ended up winning because... I mean, Nick Diaz quit. He fell apart. But, um, yeah, he fell apart. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lawler plus 185. Nico Price, Price minus dude, 225. That's like close to his prime. He throws with huge power. Robbie Lawler 
he only thing he ever had going for him really was his power. And, and just he doesn't like, throw anything. His ability to bite down on the mouthpiece and take shots. He can't take shots. He doesn't have power. I think Nico Price is going to steamroll him. And at minus 225, I think that's, that's great value. Yeah, I think that I th- I'm with you there. Nico Price in his last fight maybe looked really bad. Um, kind of was it Phil Rowe? I don't I remember. Phil Rowe looked. He was. I think he got beat recently, but he looked pretty good for a little bit there. We saw. Um, we've seen Nico Price get beat up a couple times recently. Nico Price is one where it's like, how? What's this guy's ceiling? Like he's he's beat some good guys. But yeah, he's a solid fighter though. Yeah, you got you got TKO versus Philip Rowe, but I just don't think. Robbie Lawler could KO anybody on the roster at this point. Besides if you go Nick Diaz, back in time and look at how many careers Robbie Lawler has uh, springboarded, because everyone's like, "Oh, it's Robbie Lawler. He's a savage," and then he gets his ass kicked. I mean, that's how Colby got his title shot. That's how Woodley won the belt. Like, that's how. Man, there's so many. They haven't done Robbie any favor. Any no. favors for like putting on like an all. Ever since it was pretty much the. Uh, the um what, what fight what? uh brian barbarina just beat robbie lawler like um neil magny do you remember that fight neil magny robbie lawler's corners like robbie you gotta throw something he's like yeah i don't know man i don't know i just can't yeah he's just falling up ben the, Askren. the rory mcdonald fight it's been a downward slot ever since i feel like so yeah i think so um i wonder if the usada's had a thing anything to do with that oh Probably for sure. Colby, uh, uh, Tyron Woodley viciously knocked out Robbie Lawler to take the belt. I mean, they both. I mean, him and Rory both took life-changing beatings in that fight. I mean, true um, for sure. So, yeah, um, I don't remember who won the Lawler versus Dos Santos, Dos Santos fight. Probably Dos Santos. Yeah, he got beat by Ben Askren. Ben Askren, Colby Covington, Neil Magny, Brian Barberena. Um, I don't think the Ponzinibbio fight ever happened, but isn't it crazy? He's he's only plus he's plus one eighty five. That seems like it opened at plus one sixty three. That seems insane. Like I just think Nico Price. Like these, I think these guys are on different levels at this point in their career. Like yeah, I just he, Robbie Lawler can't punch. He can't throw a punch. I feel like Nico Price should be like he should be like minus four hundred, similar to like Robert Whitaker. I feel like, um, but uh, I agree, totally agree. Robbie Lawler, the name values there. You got a lot of people who just don't watch i guess that many like just remember the rory fight pretty much and are gonna bet him so yeah um, he's his name value has carried very well yeah i think you got uh i think you get great value there on nico price all right alonzo menafield plus 105 jimmy crute minus 130 um like i said two guys that don't necessarily have any stake in their careers but i do think this is great matchmaking um i tend to take anybody fighting jimmy crute especially if it's a close line or Jimmy Crute's a slight favorite. Um, and I think Menafield's improved his game quite a bit. So I don't know where your head is on this one, but that's where I am. Yeah, I mean, both of these guys, last they, their last fight was each other. So, And, I mean, Alonzo Menafield, we had him at much better value. I think he was like plus 170 or so last time, and he got robbed. I thought that was – they gave it – it was uh, it was a draw – but oh, right. I thought Alonzo Menafield clearly won the first two rounds. But they gave him a, a – one of the judges fucked up and gave, I think, Crute the second and the third, and one of the judges scored the third round um, a 10-8. So Crute was up, beat within an inch of his life. Yeah, and he, he got stomped the first and the second round, but um, I don't know what happened. Jimmy Crute did some... He had, like, half the round of control, and then Alonzo Menafield stomped him. So mm-hmm. some judge, I think... I, I'm pretty sure that's how it went. I, ju- I know it was a draw that should have been an Alonzo Menafield win, but... 
that I give him a 10 8 or something in the third. So, because Menafield absolutely gassed because he absolutely emptied the tank on Jimmy Crude in the first and the second round. So, I mean, we've seen this fight play out. Alonzo Menafield is clearly the, uh, the better striker. Jimmy Crute, he struggled to get Alonzo Menafield down. And Alonzo Menafield's a strong dude, right? Like, in that first and second round, it's tough to get the guy down. He can just kind of shrug you off, even a tough guy like Jimmy Crute. So, if this, assuming it goes the same, I mean, I think a Menafield is going to be able to take him out. It's very surprising that it wasn't stopped, like, in the first fight. So, uh, we're going to go Menafield. I wish we would have just cashed it the first time instead of getting the draw. But yeah. uh, what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, um, I'm with you there. Alonzo Menafield the whole way. Um, I just – he beat him within an inch of his life. It was brutal. Like, Jimmy Crew credit for being t- super tough. Tough as nails. Yeah, it's but tough, crazy. But toughness doesn't win your fights. It's, it's kind of a strange line here for that. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why he's the favorite. I guess people just looking that he – you know, it was a draw. I don't know. Didn't watch the fight. But uh, – yeah, I mean, Mendenfield was like plus 170. He's down to plus 105, but uh, I think he gets the W here. Yeah, I'm with you there. I like it. I actually like it. So uh, we have one fighter to watch, Jack Della Maddalena. He's looked really good. Unfortunately, we have a situation where we had a fight. I don't remember who he's supposed to fight. He they, was uh, supposed to fight. Um, it was a pretty solid fight, I thought, for him. Um, or just good matchmaking. But let's see. It was... Oh, it was. What's his name? Jeez, uh, I'm going to think of it right before I get to it. Uh, Sean Brady. Sean Brady? Yeah. That's actually, that would have been a crazy fight. Yeah, it would have been awesome. But uh, we get him against this this guy we don't know, Josiah Harrell. So we're not going to bet it. The line's way too wide anyways. But uh, Jack Della Maddalena, I was kind of a doubter at first, but I think he's proven me wrong. Um, he seems to be pretty solid. I mean, I mean, Randy Brown, he tends to find ways to blow fights, but either way, Randy Brown was looking like he was in the Matrix in that first fight, in the, the fight first Jack Della, and then uh, yeah. Jack Della found, he stayed in there, he kind of marched him down, and he, he found the, the punch and took him out, so I think he's a pretty solid fighter, so. Yeah, and I know nobody wants to hear this or say this, and especially they don't want to hear it from me, because I probably bring up Connor too much, but like, he's the most Connor-like fighter we've seen, like the way he like, southpaw karate style karate style power just the power to, when he touches guys they go like they go yeah connor should train with him to kind of remember how he used to fight because <laughs> yeah. he clearly forgot like, counter just his counter punching he has that like you know down to the centimeter movement timing like he's really fun to watch and like yeah we might just get ourselves a showcase we've seen him in deep trouble two times now his last two fights uh somebody had him in a guillotine choke i think two fights ago yeah and then who was that against and then um last fight Against Randy Brown, he, uh, I think it was a Ramaz Amiv, had him in a guillotine deep. Uh, and then last fight against Randy Brown, Randy Brown was looking looking good against him. And this, when he when he was able to put his hands on him, he's able to like <laughs> make him do the chicken dance and go down. So Yeah, then he submitted him. And then he's recently been trying. So it's kind of funny. Jack Del Maddalena, like, wanted to be kind of like compared like his post-fight press conferences he just was talking about like i'm the next conor mcgregor and then in his last one he it was like people try to compare me to conor mcgregor but we're two different guys like he completely reversed course he's trying to be his own man now so respect uh, that yeah it's about time all right anything else in this card before we wrap it up we're a little over time but we had a big card so jack della madalena took his wife's name but you always got to count that a little bit against him so whatever it takes All right, then, are we ready to uh, wrap it up? And we'll uh, 
we'll have to recap it next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week. All right, so good luck on your picks. Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Show me.